0: Amen, amen. This is usually the time when I say, kiddos, we love you, God bless you, we'll see you later. But kiddos, you're going to hang with us for just a few more minutes. Does that sound okay? Cool. I want you to hear a story about Jesus, and then I want to talk to you for just a second, kiddos. Does that sound good? Cool. If everyone would turn to the book of Luke here in the New Testament toward the second half of your Bible, Luke chapter 17. We're going to look at a story that may or may not be familiar to you. It's one that I've enjoyed looking at the last couple days. Tonight we're going to look back on the year that was, and I want to encourage you, invite you to look ahead and look beyond into the coming year. It feels a little empty up here, doesn't it? All our Christmas, Garlands are gone, we didn't even put up the sign, but we are here, and I hope you're joining me in Luke chapter 17. Beginning in verse 11, Jesus, on his way to Jerusalem, traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And as he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us or have mercy on us. Help. And when Jesus saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. That's interesting. There's no hand on them, no magic word or incantation or some dramatic display. He sees them. He says, Go. Show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice, and he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. Oh, by the way, he was a Samaritan. So Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then Jesus said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Kiddos, who got Christmas gifts? Anybody? Show of hands. How many of you are wearing Christmas gifts is that just your New Year's Eve jacket that looks so awesome? You're wearing Christmas gifts. You're wearing Christmas gifts. What were some of your highlights of your Christmas gifts, kiddos? Shout it out. What'd you really dig? What'd you dig? New Legos. M and M's. Brownie M and M's. Cool. I'm gonna draw your name in the Secret Santa next year. That sounds pretty simple. Yes, Ellie. The other Ellie? Your fish? fish. You got a fish? fish. Whoa, dude. Your mom uh, was roommates with Amy in college, and their fish did not fare so well. I remember. May that fish, Cory and Topanga, rest in peace. (laughs) Yes, Cohen, what was your Christmas gift highlight? What's up? Roller blades. what up, Knox? You got a birthday too. You got double stuff. Same thing. Whoa, whoa, mama, nice. I want that for Christmas. Anybody else? Highlights from your Christmas gifts? J- yes, Say, tell me. What'd you also get? Awesome. I don't think I think that check is gonna bounce. Wendell. Sour Patch Kids, did y'all get any Mario stuff, Henry? Maybe. Right. Cool. Jacob, what's your highlight? A new desk chair? A new desk and chair. Awesome. Very studious from your professor, dad, and school counselor mom. Awesome. Now, let me ask you this. So you guys got these gifts, which means you opened these gifts, which means someone gave you gifts. So when you opened it, what did you do next? You played? Is that it? What did you do after you opened it? What's up? Eat. That's brownie M&M, girl. What did you do? Did you eat your fish? You just got the tank. Who's the next one? So what did you do after you opened your chair and your desk? Uh, um, Okay. Just kind of gave it a test sit and then put things on your desk. What did you do, Wendell? Whoa. Oh. 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 That was a long way for my intro to get there. (laughs) Did y'all hear what he did? He said, thank you. Hey kiddos, what did your parents tell you a hundred times? When we go in there and you open this up, you look the person that gave it to you in the eye and you say what? Thank you. You say thank you when you get a gift. This is what we had to coach our children on. This is what we had to remind them about. When you get a gift, sometimes it's so exciting. It's so awesome. You want to sit on it. You want to eat it. You want to play with it. And it's hard to remember to say thank you. Let me ask you this. Kiddos, do you think God gives us gifts? Yeah. It's not always things like brownie M&Ms, but I guess it could be. What are the kind of gifts that God gives us? What's up? Hope. Life. Sounds like our Advent videos. I love it. We said some of those thank yous earlier. Y'all said friends, family, health, teachers, right? These are some of the gifts that God gives us. He puts us in a place. He gives us life. He gives us bodies. He gives us friends and community and people to walk with. So how do we open up those gifts, receive those gifts? How do we say thank you back to God, kiddos? Do you know praying praying like we just did earlier now I want to show you another way to say thank you to God so can I get the Kemper young men to help me while I talk for a minute about turning back to say thank you to God for the amazing gifts he gave I want you to perhaps write a prayer as a thank-you note they're coming around with color uh, thank-you notes that you can color that you can write in and I would love it if you could end the year thinking about the good things that God gave you and if you can't write or spell could you draw a picture could you color the front and because. I've got a few of them, maybe you can have an extra one, and maybe you can write it to someone who's done an amazing gift or amazing thing for you this year. Kids, raise your hand if somebody's helped you, or said a kind word to you, or been a good help in a time you needed it this year. Maybe there's a few extras and you can raise your hand and say, can I get one of those extras? And maybe you can also write one to a person. Adults, at the end of our time, I'm going to encourage you to write your own version of a thank you note. And as we shift gears now, I want to jump back into our story for the next few moments And I want to encourage us to be the kind of person that comes back and recognizes the good things that God has done. But what's more surprising in our story, the fact that nine healed lepers kept walking or the fact that one of them came back? Because I think if we're honest... Lepers who were staying on the outsides of a community, they were separated from their families. The moment they have a chance to reunite with them, they're out of there. So is it more surprising that nine kept going? Or is it more surprising that one actually had the sense to put the wrapping paper aside, look Aunt Karen in the eye and say, thank you. But of course, in our story, they come back to the one who mediated the power and presence of God with a word spoken and a step of faith taken. What's more surprising that nine kept on walking or that one actually turned back, looked back and recognized the giver, not just the gift. Remember that 10 cried out asking for help. Remember that all ten were seen, recognized, noticed, not avoided by Jesus. Jesus was on his way into a village. He was on his way to Jerusalem. He could have done what so many of us do when we're faced with a need in another person, and we just keep on going. No, ten cried out, ten were seen, and then ten took a big step to go. Can we understand what a huge step that is? No one could have healed them. No priest could have done this. And then Jesus says, "Uh, yeah, go present yourself to a priest. And they had enough trust to turn their back on Jesus and start walking toward the priest. So before we count out the other nine Let's commend them for taking a huge step in trusting Jesus' words. So what separated the one that came back from the nine that kept on is he looked beyond the gift toward the giver. Here's the big idea for the next few moments we have. Look back long enough to look beyond the gift toward the giver. It takes a few days in the teens to be grateful for the house we took for granted, or the pipes we took for granted, or the heat we took for granted, or the gifts under the tree we took for granted. But when you look back long enough, you're able to see beyond the gift, and we say, oh yeah, Thank you, because I couldn't have willed that. I couldn't have done that. I couldn't have healed that. I couldn't have strengthened or encouraged that. So there are bridges, if you will, to look beyond the good thing to the giver of every good and perfect gift, as James says. So we want to look back tonight. and We want to look beyond. That's the practice. That's why we kept coaching the girls. Look at the tag. See who gave it. <laughs> then open it. Then thank, before you rush off to the next thing. The story, the first thing, as with any story in the Gospels, where matters. Where it happens matters. It's on the border. We're told that Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem and he's heading into the village. Well, when you're heading into a village, that means that you're on the welcome to the village sign sign which means they're on the outskirts. There's actually a village outside the village, and that's the leper colony for those that are not able to enter in with the rest of the city. There wasn't just the risk of contracting or giving a disease, there was the risk of making someone ritually impure. So I may not get leprosy from you, But if I'm a Jewish person that wants to worship in the synagogue, If I'm touched by you, there's chapters in the book of Leviticus in 13 through 19 that talk about these various diseases. And it means I can't go to church. And it means I can't worship. It means I can't make sacrifices. It means I can't do the things I need to do. So there were actually places in which lepers could go to study and look, but they literally walled them off like in a cubicle. And they had to be the first person in and the last person out. That's as close as they could get is hearing the whispers of people beyond the wall they were on the border socially cast off from the rest religiously unable to participate in the worship of God but also where matters because this is on the border of Galilee and where Samaria Samaria, the Samaritan. Now it's a good Samaritan. This outcast became an example in the famous story that Jesus told. But the Samaritans were the ones that kind of mixed and mingled over generations with people that didn't worship the right way and they didn't worship the right God. So they were these like, like traitors. They were different. They were other. And Jesus seems to love to inhabit these uncomfortable spaces with uncomfortable people, he sees them on the border, culturally, religiously, socially, and I think he sees you also, because you're on the border of a new year, and you've been kicking around like, do I tell that person, my partner, my friend, that I'm really going to try that diet, or are we going to want to go out to eat in a few weeks, and I don't want to have to order that stuff? You're on the border of new intentions and hopes. You're on the border of a new blank, whatever, opportunities, habits. And he sees you there, and I think he might be inviting you to take a step. These guys took a big step, which leads to this second point here. What are you asking for? Even if he sent them to the priest, the priest couldn't heal him. The magician in town may have tried and failed. There was nothing they could do. There was no infusion therapy, no uh, antibiotic cream. They were just there, finding support in one another. But when Jesus came by, they said, Hey, maybe you can do something about this. And so, my question at the end of 2022 is, What are you asking for? And would you dare to go big? Would you dare to go big? That's a big ask. Heal us from this disease. Are we afraid to ask for big things? I am. I'm afraid to ask for big things because I want to protect my heart and hedge my bets if I don't get what I ask for. But the thing about looking beyond the gifts to the giver is to look close enough, to pause long enough, to recognize that I may not have what I want, but he's given me what I need. And to pause long enough to look beyond the gift to the giver means that I'm going to take a step toward the priest and another and another. And even though it's gradual and even though it doesn't feel right, maybe. In the process and only afterward, I'm able to look back and see I may not have gotten the magic word or the incantation or the healing from the hands. But I found that a few steps down the road, because I was able to walk in faith, because I was able to keep going, I realized that that was the way that he's used to form me, to heal me, to shape me. Maybe we're not asking consistently. Or are we keeping our eyes open for answers? I've talked about this a lot, but seeing Carla's mom here with us at our Christmas Eve gathering reminded me again of how she would keep these prayer journals and she'd write in her prayer requests. And there was just page after page after page, but she wouldn't leave it back on page one. When she recognized an answer to prayer, she'd go back and she'd circle it. And so these prayer journals were filled with big asking. But they were also filled with circling. They paused long enough and looked back to say, Oh yeah, that thing that was so scary in February. All of a sudden, here it is, December 31st, and he's brought us through. He's brought us to this moment. We may, we may not be there completely yet, but he's taken us each step of the way. And I found the skin disease starting to clear As we walk, I brought this silly little uh, timer. I was gonna say hourglass, but this is from a board game, so it's really like a two minute glass. And what's funny about this, and maybe it's because it's New Year's Eve, I've been thinking about this when I'm talking about pausing long enough, looking back long enough, looking beyond the gift to the giver, because when you were to stand like right about here, Or when you're busy playing the game, you don't notice the grains that are falling. But if you really paused and brought it close, you can see each grain coming through. And I think that this is the invitation to be the kinds of people that pause, that look back, and give thanks, and are grateful for each grain. Because we realize that there are deposits from heaven being made each and every day, from daily bread to the kingdom come, deposits being made in our life, were we to stop and practice gratitude. I love this quote from the Benedictine monk, David Stendhal Rost. He's done some pretty interesting TED Talks, and he talks a lot about gratitude and gratitude being the heart of prayer. And he says this, it is not joy that makes us grateful. It is gratitude that makes us joyful. Do you see the difference? When you're experiencing joy, you might think, this is great. I want to feel this all the time. But that in and of itself doesn't make you grateful. You might say, I'm grateful that I'm feeling joyful in this moment. This deep sense of all is well. But the kind of thing that leads to joy is gratitude. It's gratitude that makes us joyful. What do you think of that? What do you think about what 2023 could look like if you made gratitude a habit and the heart of prayer You've heard me say this quote before from a pastor in Harlem. His name is Jose Humphreys. He says, What if our openness may become the penultimate material for miracles to take place? Y'all know that word penultimate. The next to last thing. What would our 2023 look like if we were open enough to ask big And to take a step toward the priest, trusting that he might be at work, even when it doesn't make sense. What does a greater openness look like in your life? What does a habit of gratitude look like? And if not for the rest of 2023, I'm going to give you a minute at the end, just a moment, to write your own version of a thank you card. Even just for tonight, we want to pause and say, thank you, God. Finally, going back to that slide before, the last bit I want to talk about from this story is not just where mattering, but who mattering. Jesus is pretty wild, and he's always upending the expectations of the religious right people that know the right theology, they have the right relationship, they do the right thing, and then he goes and elevates these outsiders as examples. He's done this in the story famously called the Good Samaritan, but he's done it in real life too. Because God always has a habit of taking these people that we thought were just outside the reach of God, and then Jesus says things like, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn. Those ones that you thought were outside are actually nearer to the kingdom than you could ever imagine. The Beatitudes are about geography. And even Samaritans can be close to the touch and care of God. Remember that all ten took that big penultimate step toward the priest. They took a big step. All ten, we want to commend them. All ten were healed. But Jesus elevates the one who came back. And Luke, in the NIV version we read, had that big old N-dash, the M-dash, the big dash, that says, Oh yeah, he was a Samaritan. So every Jew that would offer the sacrifice for their skin cleansing is feeling their skin crawl because you want want to know something? The Samaritan wouldn't have even been allowed to see the priest if he got there. There were signs on the outside of the temple that says no alien or no foreigner can go beyond this point or they would risk the penalty of death. When Jesus turns the tables, that's in the outer side where the nations could gather. So I wonder if he turned back, not just because he was grateful, he turned back because he realized, I wasn't going to get let in that temple anyway. But it's almost like he didn't need a priest to examine him as the law says. He examined himself and he goes to the feet of Jesus and he wasn't even fully aware that he was actually at the feet of the place where heaven and earth met in the person of Jesus, the Word become flesh, God with us. Who matters? Yeah, even a Samaritan. Yeah, even our homeless friends. Yeah, even that lost cause person. But would you ask for God's kingdom to come? Would you ask for God's movement? He's able to draw near to Jesus, and if he can, you can. And if Jesus did that for him, maybe he can do something amazing for you. So look back. Thank God. Come and ask. And look beyond the good things he gives toward the giver, just like this one Samaritan did. So I'll close with these questions and an invitation. What does greater openness in your life with God in 2023 look like? I feel like I spent the last six months or more kind of in this space of like, I'm kind of in a fog. And I realized, is that really a funk or a fog if it's like half a year? (laughs) Or maybe I need to open my heart and open my mind and imagination to some kind of revived, reimagined, reinvigorated step with Jesus? What does greater openness in your life look like? Secondly, what's in your thank you card? Let me ask you some side questions for this. What is the biggest, capital T, thank you from 2022? What's your biggest thank you? Like, what's the thing that tops the list? Would you tell God about it? He'd love to hear it. Another side question from this is, what haven't you said thank you to God for? I started talking about the pipes in the house. Like, I'm pretty jazzed that my house didn't blow up. I haven't said thank you to God for that. I'm pretty jazzed every day we wake up fever-free in our house. I haven't said thank you for that today. So what's in your thank you card to God? I want to invite you to, to use the thank you, would you, the way we prayed earlier, the way you can pray. Just fill in the sentence. But if you follow this QR code, I think, I hope, it will take you to a guide that's in our website. In the sermons and resources tab, it's at the very bottom. I've got a few hard copies here that you can grab on your way out. This is a way of praying for others. It's not just doing thank you, would you in my own life. It's spending some time writing in names, writing in people. Did it work, Amy? Okay. Writing in names, writing in people, because sometimes we find ourselves with some people in our life spending a lot of miles on the would you. (laughs) Amen? And maybe part of the openness and the formation is to spend Just as much effort and energy in the thank you. So you can always take the thank you, would you prayer for yourself. God, thank you for, thank you, thank you, would you, would you. But what if there's a way to abide for others? I invite you to use that guide. Maybe that's your thank you note. Thank you for the people that you've placed along my path. And even if nine others are walking out, We want to pause and say, thank you, God, for those that have been a blessing to me. And then finally, the last question, the third question, what story is he sending you with? So the guy that came back, he was sent once, go to the priest because the priest can examine you, then you can offer a sacrifice, then you can return back to your family. Well, he never made it to the priest. He comes back to Jesus. And what did Jesus say to him again? Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. You can bypass the priest. You can head straight back to your family. Because you're cleansed. You're clean. Your faith has saved you. The resurrection language there is not to be missed. He says this to people who've been delivered and saved. Rise and go. And do you know that he went not just with healing... But he went with a story. What's the story you're telling about 2022? I found myself doing this like an hour ago. How was Christmas? Well, we're here. We made it. That's not a great story. It may be a true story, but what's the story I'm telling about 2022? You know what? My story I want is that God is sending a light to dissipate the fog that I've been experiencing. That's the story I want to tell. That's the story I think he might be sending me with. What's the story that he's sending you with? Who needs to hear what God has done for you? We want to be people that can look back long enough to find the grains that pass when we're playing the game. We want to look long enough and say, I am so grateful for this little grain And I'm so grateful, not just because I got brownie M&M's and goldfish and that are wonderful things. I'm so thankful for that, but I'm also thankful to the one who gave it. So would we say thank you, God? In our cards, with these guides, or in a quiet moment this evening in prayer, we want to look back and say thank you, God, for bringing us through to this place to this moment through the twists and turns and bumps and bruises you have brought us you have taught us you have caught us in your arms when we thought we couldn't make it so we say thank you and we look ahead to the new year asking that you would give us many more stories of your faithfulness and goodness and as Isaiah said in the passage we heard that just so powerfully struck me. It was not some messenger or angel. It was your presence that saved us. So may your presence go before us and behind us and hem us and seal us in that we might know that you are with us and within us, that you'll never leave us nor forsake us. We pray this in the name of the Father and the Son, In the Holy Spirit, amen and amen.